Chapter Twenty Two of Twenty Minutes Late by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two Luck. Christmas Day was one long drawn out delight to the young people. The only mar to the pleasure of the occasion was Rufus Kedwin's ill concealed envy, joined to the often repeated sentence, I never saw anything like the luck you and Line have, Ben Bryant, never. I think as much, Fanny would occasionally add, but her thoughts did not dwell on the subject like her brother's. What held her to unbounded interest was Caroline's dress. Oh, Line, she said, what a perfectly lovely dress that is. I never expected to see you in such an elegant rig. I am sure I never expected it, answered Line, laughing. I don't know what I have done to have these people so good to me. It isn't anything that I have done. It is just because they are all so lovely themselves, they can't help being good to other people. Did you ever see anybody so sweet as little Dorothy? And she gave you that watch all with her own money, said Fanny, feasting her eyes upon the dainty little creature which was drawn out for the dozenth time for exhibition. She must have lots to spend. I suppose they all have lots of money. It's easy enough to be generous when you have plenty of money to do with. I'd like to give away things myself if I ever had anything to give. I never could understand, said Rufus loftily, why some folks should have all the money and other folks all the hard work, any more than I can understand why some folks have all the luck and other folks get along the best way they can. Nobody ever gave me a suit of clothes or ever will. Fanny will be an old woman before she will have a watch, I dare say. Oh, come now, said Ben. Don't you keep up all that old croak, Rufus Kedwin. I am sure you have had luck. How long since you and Fanny had tickets sent you to come to Philadelphia? They are no great things, said Rufus, determined to look on the dark side. They didn't cost my uncle a single cent. One of the directors of the road gave them to him for something he did. This amused both Ben and Caroline, and they laughed merrily. What earthly difference does that make? asked Ben, when he could speak again. Do you calculate the value of your gifts by the money they cost somebody else? It makes a great difference to me, said Rufus gloomily. It is easy enough to give things that don't cost anything. You don't care who gets them. But when it comes to watches and machines, that is something like. Look at that thing of yours now. That cost lots of money, I'll be bound. And you can earn some money with it, just as likely as not. If I had it, I knew I could. Who do you suppose will ever think of giving me a stenograph? And here is Line getting music lessons and new dresses and things, and living like a princess. I tell you, it's all luck. Some portions of this speech were much less polite than they might have been if Rufus had been a thoughtful boy. It is true, Caroline's little presents to him and to Fanny had not cost a great deal of money, but they had cost her a great deal of care and thought, and some hours of work, and it seemed rather hard to be almost told that they weren't of any consequence. However, she was used to Rufus Kedwin. Ben, at the mention of his wonderful and beloved machine, fingered the keys lovingly and smiled down upon it. This is a great big thing, 
he said i am willing to own it it is the biggest thing i ever had in my life i thought when my pictorial dictionary came i had got to the highest possible notch but i am bound to believe this is a little ahead though i wouldn't say so if that sweet little mouse of a dorothy were here because as you say rufus i can make it earn something for the rest of the folks as well as give pleasure to me but i'll tell you what it is old fellow i offered to teach you the alphabet you know and show you the new-fashioned way of spelling and all that and i'll repeat the offer and teach you how to write on this thing just as soon as i learn myself then two of us will understand it you see rufus eyed it gloomily what good will that do me he said gruffly i haven't any machine and i'm not likely to have i don't see any earthly use in bothering my brains learning how to use it if there was any prospect of my ever having one that would be another matter dr forsythe who unknown to the young people was in his reception room which opened from the back parlor now came forward and joined them entering into conversation with caroline's guests in a genial way as he knew well how to do then as he turned to go he laid his hand kindly on rufus's shoulder i overheard some of the things you said my young man he said pleasantly heard your opinions about luck and matters of that kind i am a good deal older than you and naturally know a little more of life and i am inclined to think you will take it kindly if i give you a little advice rufus blushed and stammered something which was intended to be an assent and the doctor continued what a great many people are disposed to call luck is merely a natural working out of circumstances bound to follow almost as a matter of course for instance in regard to these two young friends of yours i heard enough to lead me to understand that in your opinion they have in some respects been lucky if i were to be asked my judgment in the matter i should say no they have been faithful they have done the best they could under the circumstances in which providence has placed them and the natural result has followed our friend caroline is naturally a very grateful little woman and imagines that she has received some wonderful gifts the actual fact is that what she has done and is doing every day of her life for my little daughter could not be paid for in money could not be estimated at a money value the gifts which she has received are only the tokens of our gratitude to her for being at all times and in all places faithful efficient and trustworthy that is a great deal to say of one so young as she but it is due to her that i say that here and now her mother and her friends have reason to be proud of her not that faithfulness is a thing which should be so rare as to win our admiration but i am sorry to say it has been my experience in life that it is very rare to find one who in all things does the best he knows as for ben here there is a sense in which he may be said to have earned his stenograph at least i should never have thought of giving him one if i had not been surprised and interested by hearing that he had set himself to work in an earnest business-like fashion to learn to read its characters at a time when he had not the least idea that he would ever possess a machine and had held so steadily and so successfully to his work that his sister here tells me she has been in the habit for the last few weeks of writing her letters to him on the machine 
and that his replies have shown that he has had no difficulty in reading the letters that to me showed a degree of perseverance and pluck which seemed worthy of recognition therefore i presented his sister with a machine for his benefit and for mine i have no doubt but that some time in the future he will make me satisfactory copies of valuable work by the aid of this very machine so you see there is an element of selfishness in my plans he said smiling but the thing which i wished you specially to understand was that both benjamin and caroline have brought about by their own force of character the things which seemed to you to have been brought about by a series of happenings and really my dear boy this is a history of most lives as a rule we secure in this world what we work for we reach the heights that we have climbed for and now having preached to you all a little sermon i will invite you to take a ride after making a call on our friend dory joseph will drive wherever you direct and you can have from two to three hours of sight-seeing before dinner mrs packard says the baskets are ready caroline and the carriage will be at the door by the time you are all ready for it they found miss perkins in a flutter of delight over the christmas presents which had already reached her having been sent the night before in order that dory might have as early a christmas as any boy in the city the baskets which caroline had in charge had to do with miss perkins's and dory's christmas dinner and caroline knew there wouldn't be a better dinner served in the city than would come out of those same baskets dory who had reached what dr forsyth called the comfortable stage but which to himself was a very restless and uncomfortable period was shyly glad to see them all he and caroline were very good friends she having been there several times since the accident but dory's heart went out immediately to ben and the look out of his large eyes was so wistful when they rose to go that ben taking a swift second thought drew caroline aside look here he said suppose you drive on for half an hour without me and let me try to cheer up this little chap he has had a lonesome day so far i guess he's a boy who is used to rampaging around whenever he has a mind and to lie on a bed and keep still with only his aunt to talk to is tremendously hard work i was sick myself once and even with mother and daisy on hand it was as much as i could do to endure it oh but ben said caroline in distressed undertone how can i spare you to-day it's christmas you know and i haven't seen you for so long and i was going to take you a beautiful ride i know it he said cheerily but there is to-morrow and the next day i am not going back until saturday and i only planned for half an hour there will be a good hour and a half after that i think it will be the right thing to do line don't you i suppose so she said with a half laugh but right things are real hard sometimes i feel just as selfish as an owl ben laughed gleefully i don't believe owls are selfish he said you mean the historical piggy don't you miss perkins when she understood the situation was divided between delight and dismay delight that dory was to have a little company all to himself and dismay that ben was to use up part of his christmas ride it is very good of you she said eagerly 
there isn't a boy in a hundred that would do it or even think of it i'm sure of that dory will be delighted ever since he got through looking at his christmas presents he hasn't known what to do with himself poor boy i could go out and get my lovely dinner started if you were here to keep him company but then it is too bad for you to lose your ride as you are here just for a few days with your sister it isn't to be thought of for a moment all right said ben cheerily we won't say anything more about it there is the carriage line get yourself started as quick as possible miss perkins you go out and start that christmas dinner i'm afraid it won't be ready in time dory is going to be famously hungry i know he and i will have the jolliest kind of a time for the next half hour there was no escaping ben's cheery determination to manage the program according to his own fancy even caroline when she saw the look in dory's eyes decided that the sacrifice was worth making and only rufus as he went down the steps grumbled in undertone to fanny ben bryant wouldn't be happy if he couldn't manage everything and everybody well he's a real nice manager said fanny to plan for other people and not for himself most always a great deal can be said in a half hour poor dory hadn't been so heartened up as miss perkins called it since the accident for one thing it was a great relief to tell somebody all about it in his own way a boy who would be interested in all the particulars and ask all the questions and give him a chance to prove that he wasn't doing anything so very dreadfully out of the way but was actually being a very helpful personage when the accident happened she thinks i ought never to go near a fire he said twisting his head restlessly on the pillow and for that matter that i oughtn't to cross a street when there was a horse within a mile either way and i oughtn't to get on to a street car till it has stood five minutes stock still the fact is that there aren't many things that a fellow can do according to her notions ben laughed merrily i can guess how it is he said in a sympathetic tone she is a woman and women are not used to being out in the street where the crowds are and they oughtn't to be i know all about it my father has been dead for a good many years and i have had my mother to think about and to take care of just as you have your aunt one of the ways i have of taking care of her which helps her more than anything i can do i believe yet a while is keeping her from worrying you know by letting her understand that there are certain things i won't do i go an eighth of a mile out of my way every day of my life just to avoid crossing the railroad at a certain point where my mother thinks it's dangerous it isn't you know any more than it is at any other point but mother thinks so and she can't help it and as i have her to take care of why of course i save her worrying about that there must be as many as a dozen things that i do or don't do just for the sake of saving mother she likes it and it doesn't hurt me and it's about as good a way as any to help along new lessons these for dory miss perkins will have reason to bless the hour when ben bryant gave up his ride in the handsome carriage and stayed to visit with her boy so he had his aunt to look after and take care of had he such an idea had never entered his busy restless little brain before 
that he should cease jumping off street cars when they were in motion or running across the roads directly under horses feet or walking downtown on the railroad track in order to help take care of his aunt was an entirely new idea up to this point if he thought anything about it he would have supposed that his mission in life was to worry his aunt that is he had imagined that if he failed to do any of these manly things he would be a baby instead of a boy here was a great tall fellow talking in a business-like way about taking care of his mother and actually giving up his own ways and taking extra steps and a great deal of trouble just so she wouldn't be worried when there was nothing to be worried about you are a kind of a queer chap he said eyeing ben reflectively say honor bright ain't you different from other fellows ben laughed merrily i don't know about that he said i'll tell you what i do think though that i have better times than most folks i don't know of another boy of my age who has as downright good a time as i do i didn't used to think so i used to growl a good deal because i hadn't money and couldn't go to school and couldn't do forty other things that i wanted to but things are changed with me i'll tell you what said dory emphatically i think you are queer do you really work every single evening either for the man you are working for or else studying at home every evening but thursday said ben on thursdays i don't do a great deal of studying i am later at the office than i am on other days and i get home just in time to eat my supper and dress for prayer meeting and after we come home from prayer meeting there is almost always a letter from my sister to read then we talk it over and have good times together and i have sort of given up the idea of studying thursday night and have made a pleasure evening of it a pleasure evening repeated dory almost a contemptuous note in his voice i told you you were queer i suppose you like going to prayer meeting too yes said ben gravely i like it not as well as i might under some circumstances they don't appear to me to know how to manage a prayer meeting in the church that i go to in a way to interest young folks a great deal but then i should go all the same if i didn't like it even as well as i do i am not such a baby i hope as not to be able to go to a prayer meeting once a week because some of the talk they give is dull and some of it is beyond me so that i can't understand it if i couldn't understand a dozen words they said i should hope i would have sense enough to go i don't see why what's the use in a fellow going where he doesn't understand anything and doesn't enjoy it oh well there are some things to enjoy dory i haven't in a good while listened to a prayer that hadn't a great deal in it for me and i like the singing first-rate and the words of the hymns i like you see my boy i belong to the family and it is a kind of family gathering that we have once a week some of the aunts and uncles and cousins i like better than others but i have a kind of general interest in them all and don't want to be away when the time comes for the family gathering don't you know how it would be going out to a christmas dinner there might be two or three cousins that you wouldn't like very well and maybe an uncle or so who wasn't exactly to your mind but after all it would be the christmas gathering of the relations and you wouldn't like to be counted out i'd go there for the dinner 
said dory with a laugh no you wouldn't if they sent you the same kind of dinner exactly and you had to eat it on the corner of the table at home alone you wouldn't like it half so well i don't know what you are talking about anyhow said dory a christmas dinner and a prayer meeting are two different things that's so said ben gravely i'll tell you what i mean dory i'm a servant of jesus christ and i like to go where he is talked about and where people gather who are in the same service we are soldiers you see and he is our captain if you belong you understand it and if you don't why you don't dory's head was turning restlessly on his pillow again the conversation was getting too grave for him ben hastened to change it do you like machines he asked briskly i've got a new one a christmas present the cutest thing out a stenograph did you ever see it never heard of it said dory promptly what is it for to write with it makes five little dashes all exactly alike and yet you can read them after you have learned how just as you can read another language you know that's nice said dory interested at once i always thought it would be fun to know some language that other folks didn't so did i said ben and it is great fun that is one reason i like latin so well this stenograph is a big thing it is a shorthand writer you know when you have learned how you can write down what a speaker says every word of it and take notes at the office and do all sorts of work with it i expect to earn money with mine i'd like to see it said dory his face aglow with interest i always did like machines first rate i used to think i could make one if i had a chance one of these days i'm going to try good said ben i understand that i have had just such notions myself why wouldn't it be a good scheme for you to learn to read the stenograph while you are lying here on your back i learned the alphabet and all about it before i ever saw a machine my sister line saw the one that they use at dr forsythe's and she sent me a slip of paper that had almost all the letters on it that's the way i learned if i were you i'd pitch in and learn it lying here it would be great fun then when i go home i'll write you letters on my machine you can read them and nobody else can all right said dory with more energy than he had used since he had been sick i'd like that first rate is it hard to learn oh it takes pluck and patience said ben a little chap that hasn't much in him wouldn't learn it he'd give it up tired out before he'd got halfway through the alphabet but of course you won't no dory wouldn't after that speech ben fumbled in his pocket and brought out a little roll of stenograph paper such as he was pretty sure to have about him here he said are a couple of bible verses that line sent me to learn to read on they are real good because they have so many of the letters in them the verses are written on the stenograph you understand and i copied them on this card from my sister line's letter and carried the card around with me in my vest pocket for weeks before i was sure of every letter i'll leave them all with you and day after tomorrow i'll come again if i can and see how you've got along the carriage has come for me now and i'll have to go 
you'll bring the machine with you when you come won't you said dory wistfully and receiving a hearty promise that this should be done ben took his departure the verses on the card were especially calculated to teach a lesson to a boy like dory these were the words be not wise in thine own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths end of chapter twenty two